Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Well, as many of you know, we have been doing film commentaries for the last year exclusively for our monthly supporters. $5 a month or more gets you access to film commentaries done by us where we concentrate specifically on what certain films are doing right and how you can do those things in your writing. And particularly focusing on the writing, not the production values right. or the cinematography or anything that is unique to filmmaking. Things like mood, setting, characterization, dialogue, um, stuff like that. We uh, started off for the first several months doing films that, have, that had unusually tight and efficient scripts. And then after that we started to branch out and we did a unit, I guess is the right term, of film noir, detective fiction and whatnot. And we finished that up last month with a bridge piece, where in addition to being a mystery thriller noir, it was also an erotic film. It was an erotic thriller, as were popular in the 90s, but it was one of the prototypical ones that sort of opened up the genre. And there's a reason we did that. The next unit is eroticism. And it's a really important, from our point of view, a very important topic, because eroticism is not the same as sex, nor is it the same as titillating. And that's why we thought it was an important subject to tackle for um, our next unit. We live in a world where eroticism is dead. We can get porn any way we want, there's very little in the way of social taboos of who you sleep with or how you do it or any of the uh, sorts of boundaries that you used to be able to transgress to get a little extra frisson into your fiction or indeed your life. Everything is permitted and everything is dull. And there's actually a connection between those two things, but it's not just the obvious connection that transgression gives an erotic charge. There's also some deep cultural stuff going on around eroticism with Americans. Not sex, but eroticism, and there is a big difference between the two. Despite what you will have read, and despite the various blue-nosed moral crusades over the last couple of centuries, Americans are generally a fairly um, sexually robust and uh, indulgent folk, and always have been. We're the nonconformists, we live out on the frontier, everybody does their own thing, and 
sexual self-possession is one of the basic fundamental components of the American mm-hmm. character. But eroticism, it ain't. Eroticism is something different. It's a set of sensual, spiritual, and transcendent emotions and sensations that are bound up frequently with sexuality, but not exclusively. They are sometimes bound up in intense love between friends. They're sometimes bound up in spirituality and religion. They're often bound up in music, which is one of the reasons that musicians tend to have reputations as being randy bastards. Learning eroticism as an American takes some deliberate effort because we have the expectation that it's equated one-to-one with sexuality, and it's not. It has to do much more with sensuality and the connection between what, for lack of better terms, is the body and the soul. So, starting last month with Basic Instinct and continuing through the next few months, on our commentary series, we're going to be looking at different approaches to eroticism in storytelling with the hope that this will enable you, the listener, and the watch-alonger, to be able to incorporate eroticism into your books. Because despite the fact that everyone says sex sells, in the current environment, sex is cheap. You can't cut to the heart of the reader just using sex, because the reader can find sex anywhere. And... You can't reliably get to the reader just using sex in a great relational situation. Because the reader can find that in most places, too. What the reader can't find very well is eroticism. Whether it's eroticism played for laughs in, uh, say, the recent unbelievably creative independent film Attack of the Giant Blurry Finger, which we're not going to be commenting on because to comment on that film would would be almost impossible, but I highly recommend you go find it. It's uh, available for rent on Amazon. It's directed by Cody Clark. Or eroticism played deadly serious and um, in a terrifying way like it is in Basic Instinct, or in a wholesome, transformative, uplifting way as it is in the next film we're going to be doing for September, sirens, or done in ultra-transgressive ways, or in much more sublimated fashions, as is going to be the case in some of the other films we look at between now and the end of the year. Eroticism will connect you to your reader in ways that good suspense, good relationships, good dialogue, and good plot can't. It will get you access to a different part of the way that they tick. It will get you into their soul. And if you want to see how I have handled eroticism, the best book of mine that I can point you to is Down From Ten, which is a book of conversations that has a plot, that has characters, but that is chiefly concerned with eroticism and aestheticism in all its aspects. You may enjoy it. I think this is going to be a a good series, and I hope that you join us even just for a few months. Yeah, the the basic instinct one took some turns you weren't expecting. 
mm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, and part of that was coming from watching it for the first time in several years mm-hmm. and getting a new perspective on it, partly from age and partly from forgetting enough of the details of the movie that I remembered a completely different film. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was one of our denser commentaries. We almost didn't stop talking the whole time. Yeah, and um, the the next few films that we're going to be be dealing with are are some of my favorite films ever. Fantastic. We hope we'll see you there. Please join us. You can find out how on the support page at everydaynovelist.com, or if you insist on using Patreon, you can also find us on Patreon at. Is it the Everyday Novelist, or is it Everyday Novelist there? I think it's Everyday Novelist, but I think we have links in... No, I took the links off the support page, because Patreon started stiffing its its people. Okay. So, anyway, um, but uh, yeah, you can still join us on Patreon if you prefer that, though we prefer the Gumroad and Subscribestar routes, A, because we get more of that, and B, because those companies aren't in existential financial danger, (laughs) so... Thank you very much, and I hope, uh, if nothing else, this episode has given you some interesting food for thought. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions, Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions, Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.